When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week is just getting going. What's going on? Uh, your, your vibe's not good. But we are keeping the vibes positive. Oh, this is what you want. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Tuesday, October 10th. We're counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Netflix has announced that the streaming service will release the sixth and final season of The Crown at an appropriately stately pace. The new teaser for the British royal family show reveals the season has been split into two parts. Part one will premiere November 16th, and part two will follow on December 14th. The season covers events from 1997 through 2005. Have a listen to a bit of that preview. The Crown is a symbol of permanence, is something you are, not what you do. Some portion of our natural selves is always lost. We have all made sacrifices. It is not a choice. It is a duty. But what about the life I put aside? The woman I put aside? So season six's first part is comprised of four episodes and depicts the relationship blossoming between Elizabeth Debicki's Princess Diana and Khalid Abdallah's Dodi Fayed before a fateful car journey has devastating consequences. Part two continues the saga of the Windsor family across six more episodes. Prince William tries to integrate back into life at Eton in the wake of his mother's death. The Queen reflects on the future of the monarchy with the marriage of Charles and Camilla, and viewers will also see the beginnings of the William and Kate relationship. Tony Shalhoub's Monk is back on the case. Mr. Monk's last case, to be exact, which is the name of the upcoming Peacock movie, which will debut December 8th on the streaming platform. EW debuted an exclusive first look yesterday, and creator and writer Andy Breckman shares details on the movie, what inspired the reunion, and whether this will really be Mr. Monk's last case. That's all at EW.com. And Michael Chiarello, the acclaimed restaurateur, celebrity chef, and former Food Network star has died. He was 61. Chiarello died at the Queen of the Valley Medical Center in Napa, California, where he was being treated after an acute allergic reaction that led to anaphylactic shock. For a decade, Chiarello hosted shows on PBS, Food Network, Fine Living, and The Cooking Channel. He most notably headlined his own TV series, Easy Entertaining with Michael Chiarello, from 2003 to 2010. He also served as a judge on Bravo's Top Chef franchise, participated in the next Iron Chef competition, and appeared as a guest chef on the likes of The Today Show and The View. For more on all of those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. Number three. 
The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, today's number three pick, has found its stride after escaping the dark cloud of Jen Shaw's arrest and subsequent absence from this season. Though, as Casey Wilson and Danielle Schneider from the popular Real Housewives podcast Bitch Sesh noted, has she ever really left? Have a listen. I think the fact that we have a wild surrogate standing in for Jen Shaw, as Danielle said, who quite possibly put her behind bars, makes a season very possible for me. (laughs) Yes. And it's funny because Jen Shaw isn't here and yet she's here. You know what I mean? Well, that wild surrogate would be Shaw's former assistant turned new housewife, Monica Garcia, who has already inserted herself into the drama. Before Meredith Marks could make good on her drunkenly slurred threat to reveal the rumors and nastiness regarding Angie Kay's marriage, frenemies Monica and Whitney Rose spilled the beans. Here's how that went down at the end of last week's episode. When we were in Palm Springs, Meredith said to both Lisa and I that she knew stuff and she threatened that you should be careful because she knows about you. Stuff about your marriage and your husband. And this is why we're nipping it in the butt. And is it so butt she's gone butt. to you or in you? Butt or butt. Okay, who cares know. about that, guys? Like, it's let's seriously. She's spreading rumors about my marriage. So Whitney and Monica nipped that in the bud, all right, setting the stage for yet another showdown between Meredith and Angie. And things have not really been going well for these two since Angie crashed Meredith's Palm Springs trip, and now the desert is about to heat up even more. Don't miss an insult on tonight's episode of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City at 9 on Bravo. Who will be sitting on top of the world? You'll find out tonight with our number two pick, the 2023 BET Hip Hop Awards, hosted for the third year in a row by Fat Joe. He'll be accompanied by performances from Offset, Ludacris, Spinderella, and Kid Capri, along with a 30th anniversary celebration of So So Deaf Records with Jermaine Dupri, Bow Wow, and DeBrat. Here's a preview. BET Hip Hop Awards 2023, hip hop's main event. Join me, your boy Joey Crack, for an epic night of anthems, bangers, and the legends behind them. Oh, this is what you want. Swiss Beats in the building. And we got Timberland bringing that feeling. Best relieved, the baby. Gonna shake something. Lola Brooke pulling up. She knows what's up. So play with it if you want, cause Glorilla gonna run it. 21 Savage and Cardi B lead the way this year with 12 nominations each. They're followed closely by Drake's nine nominations and Burnaboy and DJ Khaled, who each garnered seven nominations. Tune in to the Hip Hop Awards at 9 on BET to find out who takes home the hardware. It's trivia time. While 21 Savage and Cardi B lead this year's BET Hip Hop Awards nominations, someone else has the most award wins since BET's Hip Hop Awards began in 2006. With 25 statues to their name, who has the most BET Hip Hop Awards wins of all time? Is it Kanye West, Drake, or Kendrick Lamar? Stick around for the answer, as well as our number one pick, What to Watch. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Today's number one pick is more than 40 years in the making. For the first time ever, the series Moonlighting, starring Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard, is available to stream on Hulu, all 67 episodes. Joining me to share insights into this classic series and explain its delay in streaming is EW senior writer Maureen Linker. Hey, Maureen, how are you? Hi, Jared. I'm good. Ready to uh, make a visit to the Blue Moon Detective Agency. Uh, (laughs) I see what you did there. Very smart, very smart. Well, you know, the interesting thing here is that fans have been clamoring for this series for so long to be able to stream anywhere. what what do you think is really at the heart of this love for the series? I think there's a bunch of things at play. I mean, for one thing, it's just the sheer absence of it mm-hmm. in the scene. I mean, Lionsgate released five seasons of it on DVD from 2005 to 2007. Um that's long been out of print. Yeah. If you look at them on eBay and resale sites, they go for well over a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's how badly people want to be able mm-hmm. to watch this show. Um, and I think that's because of a few things. A, it's sort of like ER is to George Clooney. It's mm. the start of Bruce Willis's career, and if you're a fan of Bruce Willis, it's sort of essential viewing. Uh, It's also, in a lot of ways, the very, very start of what we've come to call prestige TV. Uh, It was making television cinematic. Mm -hmm. So uh, it does a lot of really unique things. There's a black and white noir episode. There's Mm -hmm. an episode entirely in iambic pentameter. Uh, There's a musical episode that Stanley Donnan, who directed Singing in the Rain, Mm -hmm. directed. So there was a real interest here in bringing a cinematic approach to television, which in the 1980s was really new for TV. Basically, Moonlighting and Miami Vice, the Michael Mann show, (laughs) were the only two shows doing that. And of course, now that's very much the norm. Hundred percent, and and of course, you know, at the at the center of this, this uh, you mentioned Bruce Willis, but also Sybil Shepherd. That relationship between the two of them, that that on camera chemistry, which we know behind the scenes sometimes was um, uh, challenging, I suppose would be the right word to use. But on camera, I mean, they were on fire. Yeah, I mean, just the chemistry between the two of them is legendary in terms of television history. So much so that it's given us a term, much the same way that Happy Days gave us Jumping the Shark. Uh, We have the moonlighting curse, Uh (laughs) which is what people say when they feel that a will-they-won't-they on television has been resolved and therefore taken out all the sizzle and chemistry and tension from the show. Although I will say I spoke to creator Glenn Karen last year about the possibility of this coming to streaming, and he protests that terminology. He says that it had nothing to do with the fact that it erased the tension between the two of them because they got together, but was really more a factor of circumstances Mm. because Bruce broke his shoulder, Mm. Sybil Shepard was pregnant, there was a writer's strike. So there was a lot of things preventing them from being able to write the show in the way that they wanted to, and that the decline in quality was because of that and the two characters having to spend a lot of time apart for various reasons and not because 
they got together. So now viewers can watch and decide for themselves. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, also, something to take into consideration here is that, uh, you, you know, this is considered Bruce Willis's breakout role. Uh, in, in the last couple of years, uh, Bruce has retired from acting because he has aphasia, which greatly limits his ability to communicate and also to comprehend what is um, in being said to him. Um, I have to imagine that that when once that diagnosis was revealed, that also increased people's appetites to rewatch not just this series, but a lot of his stuff, but certainly this series. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is that he became a star for this, not only because he was an attractive leading man and he had sort of this everyman quality that was really appealing to mid-1980s America, <sighs> but he was a master of dialogue and banter and comedic timing, which is what contributes a lot to that mm. sexual chemistry we were just talking about. And I think this series is so important in his career because it shows that side of him, which is so different to that sort of quote-unquote action hero side. And arguably with this aphasia diagnosis, that's the thing that is m most deeply felt mm -hmm. as a loss. Yeah. Um, Creator Glenn Karen said he still sees Bruce regularly and that he would liken what has happened to him as watching a p great piano player of virtuoso lose their hands. Mm. That's how uh, good he was with dialogue yeah. when he was making this show. Mm. Oh, that is a great shame. Um, but but we still have all this great stuff from him that we can go back and enjoy for sure. Um, and then the big question really is, why did it take so gosh darn long for this show to be on streaming? Well, the answer, as it is with all things in Hollywood, is money. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's because uh, Moonlighting had an insane soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, much like My Miami Vice, they were using pop music as their soundtrack, which no TV shows had really done prior to this. And they made all these incredible licensing deals. Billy Joel gave his songs. Yeah. Uh, others at the height of their powers gave their songs. Uh, and as we know, streaming involves a lot of licensing mm -hmm. and rights. And so uh, no one had taken the time to negotiate all those separate right. licensing deals, which I would imagine is quite a lot of work uh -huh. and money. money. Yep. <laughs> um, and at all of this time, ABC, the Walt Disney Company, has owned the rights, but has never gone about it. And it's you know, was really frustrating for a long time because it's like, well, you have budget to make like eight Star Wars shows a year. Could yeah. you work out this yeah. <laughs> licensing deal? And yeah. finally, they've done it. They did it. They did it indeed. Well, uh, I, I have a feeling this is uh, going to be a huge hit for Hulu uh, as these episodes, people start getting through them. 67 episodes, five seasons streaming on Hulu. Uh, and uh, if you watch the show when it originally aired, uh, it's going to be a great bit of nostalgia to go back and revisit. If you've never seen it, do yourself a favor, carve out time to watch this show from the beginning. It's just, uh, I was young when it was on, but there are parts of it that I remember and just being uh, kind of, uh, you know, galvanized by the the TV when this, when this show was on, so. Yeah, I mean, it predates me, and I was not enough of a, a pop culture aficionado uh, as a tween to get yeah. those DVDs <laughs> right. when they were available. Yeah. So I'm really excited to get to see it for the first time because I've heard about all of these things yeah. in film school and right. in the ether as how influential there are, and now I will get to see them with my own eyes. <laughs> oh, well, I can't wait to... Please keep me updated as you watch. I can't wait to hear. I'm going to be watching it, rewatching it myself, so... There you go. Well, Maureen, thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. 
And finally today, the answer to our trivia question, which artist has the most BET Hip Hop Awards wins of all time with 25? Is that Kanye West, Drake, or Kendrick Lamar? That would be King Kendrick, who has raked in more than two dozen awards over the course of his career. With three nominations this year, Lamar has a chance to elevate that record tonight. Cardi B, who tied with 21 Savage to lead all artists with 12 nominations this year, has a chance to climb the ranks as well. With 12 hip-hop awards in her career, she already has the sixth most of any artist. And that is it for our show today. We will have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Executive Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. This episode of What to Watch was written by Dustin Nelson, Lester Brathwaite, and EW staff, edited by Sammy Junio, produced by Ashley Boucher and Alamin Johannes, and hosted and produced by Jared Hall. What?